Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Business Alabama podcast from Business Alabama Magazine. I'm Alec Harvey, Executive Editor of Business Alabama Magazine, and my guest today is Blake Patterson, founder of Enmo, a new social media platform. On this episode, Blake talks about his new venture and how it's different from other social media. It allows creators to share original content and see how it performs and maybe make some money in the process. He says it's going to change the way creators connect with each other and reach new audiences. Please join me as I talk to Blake Patterson on the Business Alabama podcast. Blake Patterson, thanks for joining me on the Business Alabama podcast today. Well, Alec, thank you so much for having me. Can we start with just your story, uh, maybe leading up to Enmo, uh, where you went to college, where you grew up even, uh, leading up to what we're going to talk about for for the most part today? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm from Birmingham, born and raised. I went to school at Ole Miss, studied marketing, and really since a young kid, I've always thought that I wanted to do something in sports, an absolute sports fanatic. But I've always loved the marketing side of things. And so when I got done with school, uh, I thought for sure, like, hey, I I want to be some kind of sports agent. Uh, But that being said, my family really has been in the entrepreneurial world for for many years. And I watched my granddad actually start a life insurance company and grow it out of Chicago uh, all around the country. And so it's really kind of in my DNA. And so when I got out of school, I really kind of went into the family business. I started doing insurance. And, you know, most people hear the word insurance. You're like, oh, gosh, you know, yeah, insurance. But it was fascinating to me to really see all aspects of, of, of insurance, whether it be life insurance, benefits, workers comp, you name it. But, you know, very early on as kind of in my young journey, I was very fortunate. And what I've learned, as many of us know, it takes a little bit of luck. Uh, And so I was at Humana, really, as my first job. Uh, So I was traveling basically through an airport all the time. I was up in Louisville. Um, I was helping them roll out their uh, RX plan through Walmart. I got introduced to some guys or reintroduced to some guys that were basically mentors of mine growing up. And uh, whether they be coaches or just my friends' dads, but they're always uh, doing very well in business. And they brought me in uh, to a group called Lakeshore Benefit Alliance. And they had created a product that was called Alliance Secondary. And I will always be forever grateful to these people. And what they did and what they were doing was they were disrupting the healthcare market, which was something that I was just fascinated by because. We live in a time and day, if, if you're not doing something that's catching people's attention, you're probably going to get left by. And so what they were essentially were doing was they were providing a secondary health card to employees through their employers. So basically, anytime you went into a doctor's office, inpatient, outpatient facility, uh, you had two health care cards that you were giving to that doctor's office that was paying for your out-of-pocket costs. And before you knew it, we became the largest general agency for secondary insurance in the entire United States. We had over a million people on the platform. But while we were doing it, uh, we were working with a lot of mayors and municipalities, and we were learning the ins and the outs and the pain points of small businesses all throughout central Alabama, all throughout the Southeast, all throughout the country. And you were quickly realizing that, you know, yeah, what you see is great, but that's not uh, what is happening behind the scenes. 
uh, whether it be a small retail shop trying to keep up with somebody like the likes of Amazon or just a place on the corner trying to keep up you know, with one of the big box stores. That's really kind of when I started to branch out, you know, with Lakeshore is as exciting as it was. I was kind of the lowest guy on the totem pole. I was the youngest guy there, even with, you know, 30 years old, I had more gray hair than everybody, but I was still the youngest guy there. And I'll never forget one day, one of the guys asked me, his name is Rick Holmes and I, I owe everything to him, uh, him and Cal Cornelius. He said, you know, what do you, what do you want in life? And I said, man, I, I, I want to own a sports franchise. And he just, he died out laughing. But right then and there, I was like, all right, that's the motivation I need. I said, I see what they're doing and I see how successful they've been. And they've given me these gifts and these opportunities to, to get to where I am now. And from what I'd learned through the mayors of these municipalities uh, and what we were hearing from a lot of the small businesses we were working, I was trying to find a solution because that's what we did with Alliance. That's what we did with Lakeshore. We were looking at greenfield opportunities. And I came across a PEO, which most people in the state of Alabama, that's a pretty foreign acronym. Uh, PEO stands for Professional Employer Organization. A lot of people know what PEOs are, but they don't know. And what I mean by that is ADP, Paychecks, Paycor, Paycom. Those are PEOs, but they actually will not come into Alabama to be PEOs. Really, one of the main reasons is we got 4.95 million people here. They don't think the juice is worth the squeeze. So all they really do is just HR and payroll. And so uh, what I did is I went out and I started raising capital. I went to the team at Lakeshore and I said, you know, this is something I really want to pursue. And uh, I called one of my really good friends as a child. His name is Patrick Cooney. He was up in New York uh, working for a big RX healthcare company and, and had all, just a tremendous amount of success. Uh, him and his wife, both from Birmingham, had just had their third child. And they're basically just, they were tired of looking at concrete. And I said, look, I've got this idea. Let's come back to Birmingham. Let's create this platform. And so when we created Simpio, it actually started out a little differently than Simpio, which is kind of funny, as we'll talk about with Inmo today. Uh, when you're really kind of an entrepreneur and you're starting something, it's amazing how much you evolve and have to evolve. You know, we had some early partners in the beginning. We came and, and, and got another gentleman who was another good friend by the name of Clay Steinecker. And I said, you know, what I want to do is I want to bring PEO to the state of Alabama. But when you look at PEOs traditionally, what they do is they have their own internal everything from sales team to C-suite to where all that money is staying house, which is great. But I said, I want to create something that gives everybody in the market a chance. So what exactly do I mean by that? Well, what we did is we wanted to go out and turn PEO on its head and say, we're going to go out and we're going to give this opportunity, the ability for brokers, whether they are at the big houses like the Willis or the McGriffs or the Cobbs Allen Hall, all the way down to the independent guys. We went to banks, we went to CPAs and we said, look, we have got this platform that can take care of all these things that don't generate any revenue for your organization, that can take care of all these issues to make you run very quickly and easily Monday through Friday from nine to five, and we'll pay you to do it. And people are like, what? And I said, yeah, we're gonna give you something to where we're gonna take a little bit less of the pie. 
And that's one of the things I learned from my granddad was, you know, working as a team can get you very, very far. Yeah, you can be an individual and do it, but you might be sitting on the island at the end of the day. And so we took that attitude. We went out into the market and we created Simpio, which essentially means simple PEO. We want to simplify your life, Simpio your business. And in the very beginning, yeah, we had some obstacles. We had some hurdles. People were like, what? Like, you're going to do all this for me? You're going to take people's jobs and say, no, 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 no. We're here to be your partner. We're here to be your right-hand man. And before you knew it, we had gotten into over 40 states and had almost 10,000 employees. And actually, this past December, we were acquired by a group out of Cleveland, Ohio, called GMS, called Group Management Service, with the largest uh, privately owned PEO in the United States. And so now to have those resources, uh, not only in Alabama, but in 28 cities across the country, it's just it's been jaw dropping to see. And it's something I'm uh, very proud of, still learning a good bit. I've slept better in the past four months than I probably have in the past five years. Uh, just because I don't have the federal and state government breathing down my neck all the time as the co-employer, but it's something that we're still continuing to build. And uh, I feel like we're just getting started. So are you still involved with Simpio or are you done with Simpio? I am. I'm still involved. I'm I'm more of a, uh, I guess you would say a channel partner. So I kind of help grow that channel, whether it be brokers, whether it be banks, whether it be CPAs across the country. But it, it, it's something that's given me the ability to also do Enmo as well uh, with my role. So it, it, these guys have been nothing but incredible cheerleaders. But at the same time, they've worked really, really well just in parallel. And the fact that kind of the more that we've talked about Simpio, it seems like Enmo grows and vice versa, because I think they, they can work hand in hand. You know, as we continue, whether it be in the Birmingham area, the Atlanta market, the Tampa market, uh, all the way out to San Diego or L.A., it's something that's allowed me to do both. So speaking of Enmo, can you tell me about that? Yeah. You know, I've had this idea for probably about three years, and it it actually came when uh, we had had my daughter, uh, who was actually born the week before COVID. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny just kind of watching her down here at the beach. You know, she's three years old and uh, she on the way down here, I think she's talked the entire time. But it seems just like yesterday I was Googling and YouTubing how to raise a kid because, you know, we just had her. We came home from the hospital and nobody could go out and see anybody. You know, during that time, uh, you know, we were running payroll for, you know, these companies all across the place. So you kind of had to figure out a place other than watching Tiger King how to keep your head on straight. And I came up with this idea, uh, which is Enmo, which actually didn't even stand for anything at the time, which now stands for I Need More Original. Uh, but when you've got a company and you've got investors, you can't really necessarily go to your investor and say, well, hey, I got this other idea. You know, you, you got you to gotta take care of the one that, that's at hand. Enmo, the idea, the concept is fascinating to me because I think that it's something that can be appealing to everybody out there. So. I'll throw it back on you, Alec. If you had to guess, or if you had to say, what do you think social media has done to us as a society? What would you say? Because then I promise you, there is no wrong answer. (laughs) I'm not used to answering the questions on this show. I would say that it has 
has done away with personal interaction or, or weakened or in, in person interaction. And, and that's a, that's a great answer. And it's amazing how many different answers I get, whether you be 15 years old, 35 years old, or seven years old, everybody kind of has their own story on how it's affected them. And, you know, when you're talking about that interaction, that interaction at the very core, why are you looking at that interaction? You know, when you're looking on uh, these social media platforms and what I think it's really done to us as a society is it's just enhanced FOMO where we are obsessed with looking how people live their lives. We're obsessed with showing people how we live our lives. And anybody that sits there and says that's not true, all you got to do is look at the data. You know, whether it's at the beach, whether it's at a game, whether it's during a holiday break. That's been around for years, but it's just now we've got a new platform that's been around for the past 10, 15 years to do it. But at the end of the day, the more that I've seen what social media has done, and it's, and it's been a great accelerator of many things for our society, there's no real way to monetize your actual brand. When you sit there and you think about it, and you're like, well, there are influencers out there. And I'm like, well, yeah, there are. But at the end of the day, if you've got enough eyeballs on you because you've got pocket aces or, you know, you look great in a bathing suit or you're drop dead hilarious or you got lucky on one of the first three algorithms, you're really just sitting out there talking about somebody else's brand. You're not really talking about your brand. And I think that's what gets lost a lot of the time. So what we wanted to do with Enmo is say, I need more original. So what exactly does that mean? We wanted to create an app for creators. When you look at Marketplace today, as we alluded to Simpio a little while ago, you've got roughly 327 to 330 million people in this country, roughly 8 billion people around the planet Earth that every day they get up and they go to that job, whatever it might be. They're doing what they can do to put food on the table. But that might not necessarily be their passion. And that's what we're trying to do with Enmo is we're trying to say, hey, if you've got a niche, if you've got a hobby, if you've got a passion, come to Enmo and put it on here. Where we have got something that has never been done before we're essentially creating a video game for social media to where the market will dictate how good you really are at your passion, which, as we've talked about already, evolving. When you put that out there, you will have to evolve based off what the market thinks. And that's basically Enmo in a nutshell. So I heard a, a little a bit of overtone about this, but I've read that, that you, you all say you're giving the power to the people. Can you explain some other ways you're doing that? You mentioned one or two in, in your explanation, but can you tell me some other ways? Yeah. So, you know, when you look at giving the power to the people, what we've done is we've built uh, Enmo on what's called Web3 or the blockchain. That is where we are decentralizing the Internet. We are giving the power to the people, not the algorithms. It's almost like a democracy for social media. And so what we've been doing is we've got 56 people on the team worldwide, uh, from America to South Africa to Sweden uh, to all over really North America. And we've been using behavioral scientists and we've done case studies and seeing how people react, uh, which is very relevant to, you know, 
why it's important uh, to give the power to the people. And so through these case studies, we've really been able to see whether you're a musician, whether you are a comedian, whether you're an influencer, how people react to certain different contexts uh, when they put up said picture or they put up said song. And by giving the power to the people, really, it's kind of like giving American Idol that platform to social media where you're saying the market really gets to dictate who is the best of the best. You mentioned a word that I've heard a lot in this job, and that's blockchain, which I knew nothing about when I took this job, <laughs> but I've had to learn about it. Can you explain it? What is it and what is it in this context? Yeah. So like when you think of, for instance, like a big bank, you know, that's basically like one big database. When you think of the blockchain, it's more, it's a database, but it's more like blocks of data. Uh, there's greater transparency, there's greater speed, there's greater efficiency, and there's greater security. So the chains essentially live uh, in blocks. So like once something has been done, you can't go back and change it. And the beauty of that is everybody gets to see it. It doesn't sit behind some wall. The marketplace gets to see that data, that history. So that's why it's very relevant for the market to see it because there's the trust issue that stays there. This is a social media platform that people would join, correct? That is correct. Just, just like the bigger ones that we know about. The, the much bigger ones. <laughs> but tell me, how, how would Blake Patterson use Enmo if he went on it after we got through here? If you signed on to Enmo, what would you be doing? It really depends because let's just take you, for instance. Let's say that you are a musician on the side. Say you play the guitar. You know, obviously you host this on a day by day basis and you've done things for years when it comes to media. But you're a musician. That's that's what you love to do. And say you have an original song that you've created. Inmo is a place that you could go where you put that original song onto the platform. Now, that's been able to been done for years. But imagine you put that song on the platform and now you've got a clear group of people that can vote on your song, maybe up against another artist. I promise you, you wouldn't put your phone down for the next 24 hours. That kind of goes to what I was talking about in regards earlier about video games. You know, and I've asked this question to many people, why are video games so addicting? And I hear all these different kind of answers of, well, you can play people around the globe. You can, you can get, you, you know, you, you can, you can beat people. And I said, yeah, that, that's all. That's great. But at the end of the day, when you really think about the core of why people are so addicted to video games is because you die 99% of the time. You don't win. Which means what? You go right back and you start over. And when you bring something like this to the blockchain, you bring something like this with tokenomics to our platform and you say, look, you've got a way, whether you are a musician, whether you are an athlete or a comedian or a model or a, is something at home decor, I could go on and on and on about different verticals, but you've got an opportunity to come out here and put whatever your passion, your niche, your hobby is, and there's a way for you to make money in a way for you, in a way you've never made it before. It could change the way that you look at your nine to five, or it could change the way that you make money as a, an investment on the side. 
I think that's going to get a lot of people's attention because at the end of the day, you just don't do well and you evolve. But it's something that we have seen through these case studies. When you start competing against people, you think a little differently on how you put content out there. And that's essentially what we're doing is we're basically saying whether you're the content consumer or you're the content creator, there's a way for you to ride that magic carpet ride when you get on the Enmo. You can live that with somebody or you can sit there and actually be the creator yourself. So you just mentioned another word, tokenomics. Enmo uses its own currency, correct? It does. So there are roughly probably, I think, 23, 24,000 currencies that are out there. So this is nothing new uh, by any means. Uh, what we've done is we've created four uh, version one. We've built 100 million coins uh, on the blockchain or 100 million tokens, I guess you could say. That being said, they're built in what's called Polygon. Uh, the currency is in Matic. And the reason why we do that, it has very low fees, it has a very high transition rate, and it's borderless. So it's not just here in America. It can be used anywhere around the world. And as far as what actually is the value of that coin, that is something that we will decide when the app goes live uh, when it's up to the standards that we like, because right now it's just basically monopoly money. Uh, when it starts going live and the demand is out there, that's when the value is actually placed on the coin. So how are you all making your money, Blake? We've got a multitude of ways. Um, one, basically, you know, any platform that's out there right now, the big tech companies own any of that content that's out there. What we've done through Inmo is we own just a small portion of it, kind of just like we did with Simpio. So whether you are the consumer or you are the creator, we give you the ability to own over 90% of it. So we're just making a, a little bit there. Also, uh, we've got a platform that we can do through ads as well. Uh, I don't want to go too much farther than that because that might give away too much of what the patent pending is that we've got out there. But it's something I'm very excited about. And uh, I think it's going to be a game changer in the market. So what is the next step? If I wanted to join Enmo, what would I do? You know, you can go to Enmo.xyz. Uh, that is our website. When you go to the website, we have a waiting list. Uh, you get on that waiting list. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but uh, we launch next month. Uh, it's almost it's almost May. Uh, we'll launch version one into the marketplace in June. Uh, as we launched the beta app about three weeks ago, as I alluded to, we've given some people access uh, we've been finding out, you know, what they like, what they dislike, but launch date is, it's, it's pretty near. Uh, but at the same time, those early adopters, uh, they'll be in and well, they'll have a say for, uh, like I said, stage two, three, four, and five. So Blake, I like to end these podcasts with some questions we call business casual, which are a little more pop culture-y sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they're businessy. Um, are you a reader? Can you tell me what book you're reading these days? Or what books? Yeah, I actually just got done reading Shoe Dog, which <laughs> I feel like I read in about two days. You know, when you look at kind of the evolution of Nike, which I have not seen the movie Air yet, which I cannot wait to see that movie. You know, when you look kind of with Nike, it, it's very similar to what we're doing uh, with Enmo is, you know, you have something special. You just don't know exactly where it's going to go. You have an idea of where it's going to go. But you know this, you can't quit and keep going because the people that you have shown it to, they believe in it. Now it's just time to get it out to the masses. 
And Nike did okay, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I wear a thing or two at Nike. <laughs> uh, what's the last TV series you binged? Are you a TV watcher? My wife told me that uh, probably about the second or third month after we've been married that I ruined sports for her. Um, because every night I've got, whether it be the NBA on, college football, college basketball, MLB, so I had to adopt actual shows. So we actually just got done with Succession, which I absolutely love. I love Ozark. Those are two of probably my, my favorite shows of all time. Uh, I think you just answered part of this question with uh, what your wife found out about you, but what's your perfect Saturday? <laughs> perfect Saturday? Um, well, I guess it, if I'm going to ask or if I'm going to tell you, I would say it's waking up 7 o'clock, watching college game day, getting the games rolling at 11 o'clock, having people over uh, or vice versa, going over to a buddy's house. That being said, it's also probably going to the park at about nine o'clock in the morning now to make sure that our three-year-old gets some energy out. But, you know, ready for that 2.30 game, the six o'clock game on ESPN. I, I love college football Saturday. Um, you know, and it's been and it's been unique uh, being acquired by a company out of Ohio because then you start to hear about the game, a.k.a. being Ohio State and Michigan, uh, opposed to Auburn and Alabama. So now we're trying to make sure that one and the other gets to come to the Iron Bowl and the other one gets to go to the game. So it's always fun talking about SEC and Big Ten. But uh, perfect Saturday is it, – it's tough to beat college football. Uh, but, you know, the thing is – another great thing is you wake up on Sunday and you got the NFL games the day after. So not too bad. Entrepreneurs seem to to be like sponges when it comes to advice. What, what's the best advice you've been given along the way? There's a few things, and they kind of go – in phases or chapters just throughout my life. Uh, you know, as a kid, my granddad always used to tell me, think outside the box. I do a lot of things in a unique way from my golf shot to my basketball shot, just to, <laughs> I guess the way I do business. But another thing is listen. I think that's something that is super important, especially when it comes to something like Simpio. you know, everybody wants to get out and they want, they want to tell their story. They, they, they want to have this elevator pitch, but at the end of the day, when it's time to give that elevator pitch, you, you give it, and when well, you look down your watch, and it's been five seconds. I think when you you listen, you really learn a lot to be able to get out there and do business in a way, or live life in a way that you want to. All that being said, you know when you think outside the box and you listen, I think you can live a very fulfilling life because. You know, at the end of the day, we only get really one shot at this and it's what we make of it. And, you know, there's only so many hours in a day. And so I guess my third phase would be live life to the fullest. And when you incorporate all three of those things day in and day out, I think you're going to have a win at the end of the day. Blake, I can't thank you enough for joining me on the podcast today. Well, I'd, I'd right back at you. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. and uh, I hope to talk to you again. And uh, once again, thank you so much. My thanks to Blake Patterson, founder of Enmo, and to you, the listener, for joining me today on the Business Alabama podcast. Until next time, this is Alec Harvey. Find more from Business Alabama in our monthly magazine and online at businessalabama.com.